Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL, podcast episode number 307. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. Now, why are we doing this Friday night instead of Wednesday night? Pay attention to my voice. I didn't have one Wednesday. It's no goddamn good tonight. So we're going to try to get through this show as best we can. If not, my support crew is going to take over and keep going. If it starts cracking and doing bad things to me, I'm out of here, okay? I've been favoring this thing for a week now, and I don't like it at all. But we're going to talk football because, hey, that's what we do. Um, There's a couple things that have been happening lately, and it's kind of really pissing me off. And that's kind of what my morning rants are about here, or morning, afternoon, evening, whatever the hell it is. Hey, um, there's actually people out there in the world, particularly in Calgary, who think that Bo Levi Mitchell is a better quarterback than Doug Flutie. I don't understand how you can even compare the two of them. Doug Flutie is the best quarterback that ever put on a CFL uniform. And Bo Levi Mitchell is not even the best quarterback last year in this league. So how can you confuse the concept of that and, and change things around? How can you justify such a level of, I, I don't know, I don't want to insult the guy, but seriously, come on. How could you possibly think Bo Levi Mitchell's the best quarterback ever in the CFL? It's not possible. Doug Flutie made a good Calgary team awesome. There's a really good, great Calgary team that's making Bo Levi Mitchell look good. Okay, totally different concepts. Doug Flutie won great cups with two different teams. Okay, so it wasn't the team that won him a great cup. It was him winning the team's Grey Cups. Okay, I, I just it just boggles the mind that there's a level of stupidity out there that people actually think that Bo Levi Mitchell's the best quarterback that ever put on a CFL uniform. It's just so easy. he's not even qualified to carry Doug Flutie's jockstrap. I, I just I can't. Uh, it just boggles the mind that, that there's people out there who think this. And I I know I don't know just. I'm sorry, but it's on our Facebook, uh, Let's Talk CFL Facebook group. Go over there, check it out. Uh, it just absolutely boggles the mind that he, he's going off, and there's people out there. I mean, he, there is one person in particular who is trying to justify his opinion with stats that are so cherry-picked it's ridiculous. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm not going to last. My voice is going to go away real quick. Uh, I, I guess I should calm down, take some emotion out of this thing. So, okay, so let's just get past that. Take a glass of water here. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Okay, so what I really wanted to rant about today was, and I don't know if I've done this before. Everybody in the panel says no, but you guys know those bonuses that all the players, especially Derek Dennis, is whining about being not getting right now. Um, I just want to explain something to people that this is not a bonus. 
This is a prepayment for your play this season. So if it's like a signing bonus, okay? We're going to give you this amount of money for you to play this year. And if you play this year, then that's great. You get more money. But if you don't play this year, you don't get any more money. So when it's midway through a contract and you get your signing bonus, okay, and that's coming out on January 12th, and January 11th, the team releases you so they don't have to pay the bonus. Well, because it's not really a bonus. It is your first payment for this year. Now, if the Winnipeg Blue Bombers did not have Chris Randall in their plans for the 2019 season, then why would you pay him the signing bonus, mid-contract signing bonus, to play for 2019? You wouldn't. That would be really stupid business, okay? You don't do shit like that. Teams don't do that. And that's why players get released just before a bonus is due. And we're using the the wrong word. We shouldn't be using a bonus. We should use a payment or a prepayment for the season, okay? And then everybody would understand this. But, no, they've used the term bonus, and it confuses the shit out of people. And there's a lot of people out there who think, oh, these players deserved it for their quality of play last year. If their quality of play last year was awesome, then the team would want to keep them for the next season, and they would get their money. Stands to reason, doesn't it? So they didn't earn it. They haven't earned it because it's money. It's prepayment for the following season, the coming season. So get off it, get over it, and stop talking about this. Now, now let's go on to another subject here. Players' contracts are not guaranteed. Management contracts are. Why is that? This is really simple. Players' contracts are governed by a collective bargaining agreement between the CFL and the CFL Players Association. And in that collective bargaining agreement, the players have agreed to not have their salaries guaranteed. Players agreed to it. This is not something that the league or the team is being mean and they're saying, no, we're not going to do that. The players actually agreed to not having guaranteed contracts. They might not like it, But every collective bargaining agreement that they have signed, that's part of it. The players' contracts are not guaranteed. In some leagues, like the NHL, and their bargaining agreement says players' contracts are guaranteed. So why are CFL managers' contracts guaranteed and the players aren't? Well, the managers aren't governed by a collective bargaining agreement. They're governed. So if you're not covered by a CBA then contract law applies, and contract law says you sign a contract, you fulfill the contract, you terminate the contract, pay the guy. So that's why we still have to pay coaches after we fire them, because law, Canadian business law, contract law, says we have to. And that's why players' contracts are not guaranteed and player co- or coaches and managers are guaranteed it's really simple and if you understand the law behind it and the business side of things then this wouldn't be a discussion topic but unfortunately people don't understand common knowledge 
or contract law or just whatever, and they go off these, these ridiculous tantrums to say that players deserve this and players deserve that. Well, they don't, okay? And it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, our minimum wage right now in the CFL is $54,000, okay? Now, this is something that, this is one of the rants that I was going to do, and uh, I got into a discussion with David Benefield. I, I respect David Benefield as a player and a person and an individual. I like the guy, and, but we never see eye to eye on this subject, and that's just a fact. $54,000 a year is equivalent to $27 an hour if you work 40 hours a week, 40 or 50 weeks of the year. Okay? You guys do the math. It's not hard to do. It's pretty simple. A little calculator. Um, it works out to $27 an hour. So how many people out there make $27 an hour? Very few. In fact, I'll tell you how many. Players, minimum wage players in the CFL are in the top 10% wage earners in Canada. The top 10%. We have players in the CFL that are in the top 1% wage earners in Canada. I don't understand how people can say that we underpay these players. Because we don't. We pay them. I'm not saying we overpay them. I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that. I'm saying they're adequately paid because they're paid better than 90% of the people that live in this country. Okay. Now this is where David and I disagreed because David turned around and he says, as long as you consider or compare players to salary or to hourly rate employees, we're going to have a problem because they're not hourly paid employees. I agree. They, they work way less hours than 40 hours a week, 50 weeks out of the year. In fact, they, they don't even work half of that. So in reality, they're making over $100,000 a year in comparable time. But let's not do that because that's just going to confuse the issue for some people, okay? <clears throat> but what I've come to the conclusion of, and this makes a lot of sense to me, and it's going to go touch on a lot of different things, is that we as fans compare them to hourly employees because we are, okay? The majority of CFL fans are not salaried employees, okay? They're hourly employees. Yes, there are some. There are some even on this group, but most people get paid by the hour, and they earn a, a work on a 40-hour week, okay? So what I'm trying to say here is, that's who the fans are. So that's how the fans are going to relate to you. And the minute that you try to make these players something other than that is when you're going to lose the respect of the fans. I respect CFL football players because I make more money than the majority of them. They're comparable to me. They're peers to me in the aspect of the fact that we can relate on the same things. We have the same issues. We have families. We're trying to raise families. We're trying to buy houses. We're trying to live our lives. I'm not trying to relate to somebody who's making $3 million a year. I don't make $3 million a year. So I can't compare myself to an NHL or an NFL football player, hockey player, or whatever. Okay? But I can compare myself to a football player, a CFL football player. And as long as we can do that, 
you're going to have the blue-collar fans of the CFL. And in, in this discussion with David, I came to this massive realization that is why CFL is failing in Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal because there are no longer blue-collared workers in those cities. It's because, and if there are, just because they haven't moved out yet, their houses have gone from $200,000 to $4 million. You cannot buy a piece of property in the city of Vancouver for under $2.5 million. So even though somebody might live in that house, and their parents have lived in that house, these people right now have to struggle to pay their property taxes because their property taxes are now $15,000 a year. So, yes, so they end up having to sell their house and move out to the burbs because they can't pay the property tax. They can't afford to live in that inflated area. So the people who do earn that kind of money that can afford to buy four, five, and $8 million houses don't want to waste their time with the CFL. They have no common ground with these people. It would be like watching a high school team to them. And I'm not trying to diss the CFL because I'm not in any way, shape, or form. I love it with a passion. But this is why people in Vancouver aren't coming out to, visit, to watch the Lions. They don't respect them because they're not blue-collar workers. If the BC Lions moved their state, whoever they did this, to Surrey or Langley, it would be sold out every game. I have no doubt in my mind if you moved the Toronto Argonauts to London, Ontario, or to Windsor, Ontario, or to any of Guelph, or any of the other towns in Toronto, in, in the lower Ontario, southern Ontario region, it would sell out. I have no doubt in my mind. Montreal's an anomaly because it's a hockey town. It's always been a hockey town. It's always going to be a hockey town. And I don't understand how football survived as well as it has. Beside the point. That is why the BC Lions and the Toronto Argonauts are not being successful. Their stadiums are in town. Move them out to the burbs. Get them out of town. It'll fill them up. Walk away from BC Place. Walk away from BMO Stadium and go build yourself a stadium out where the fans are. That's my rant for the day. I don't know. Let's open up the phone lines. I've gone on for 15 minutes, and I can't believe I've done that. Um, welcome to the show, guys. Charles, you're first up. Hello. <laughs> How you doing, Very good. Buddy? I was listening intently. You're making a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, it just you know this conversation with David Benefield just really got me going, and and I, I it just like a, a light came on, and you know I said oh because it's immigration, it's because these people are are not you know multiple generation football fans like in Saskatchewan man like they got five generations of Ryder fans in you know walking around, so yeah and I and I understand that. This makes more sense to me than anything. Yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I, probably a lot of people haven't thought of it that way. 
But it really does, the way you break it down, make a whole lot of sense. They're blue-collar workers. Uh, because of the whole blue-collar workers, yeah. And I would definitely be interested to see uh, if they were a, probably never going to happen, but if they did put a stadium out in, you know, towards the Surrey-Langley area, how that would work out. Because I, like you, kind of think um, you're right that it um, would make quite a bit of difference. Without question, you know, out Highway 10, out area, around but the 200 to 176 yep. to 200 area, put it there. Bring extend the sky train down from the King George station, and mm-hmm. uh, I, that that fucking thing would be sold out every game. I think it. I think you got a lot. It makes sense. I think it makes a lot. We of sense. We just need to come up with two hundred million dollars to yeah, uh, build the stadium and that, well, twenty yeah. or thirty million dollars to buy the team. And let's do it, Charles. You and me. But I will. I will say this. Will at you this want point, in? even uh, well uh, before we go there, I just will say this: that if we are uh, the state we're at right now. We are currently at the same progress as they are in Halifax, but we'll talk about that later. What do you mean? Well, I mean, we don't have a stadium or anything like that, or yeah, even oh, really funding for a stadium in okay, Halifax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so right, we're right, in the same right, position right, right. they're at. Yeah. And we just First, came I, up I, with this idea. I, I can't even... I, I wasn't even thinking about Halifax. I thought you said Hamilton, and I'm going, where's the comparison no, Halifax. There? I mean, Hamilton's yeah. is a successful franchise because they, yes, but they promote the blue collar identity. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, 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 the box J guys. Yep. Right. What I do they have? They always have the hard hats. Yep. Right. They're, they're, they're promoting the concept of a blue collar worker. They're trying to bring right. that analogy to get that. It's, it, mm-hmm. it's brilliant. It just, it, it's working. Okay. Yep. Uh, Will, how you doing, buddy? Welcome to the show. I'm good. Well, you know what? I think I think that has some legs. I'm I'm sitting here mulling it over in my head, and and you know, between for example, Calgary and Edmonton, I do believe Edmonton's always had better attendance than Calgary, and we Calgary's has always considered themselves a white collar town as opposed to Edmonton, because of the oil and everything, we consider them a blue-collar town. So, yeah, maybe it's got some legs. But I, I really want to talk more about the things that Bo Levi is better at than Doug Flutie. I'm not saying okay. he's not. Bo Le- I'm just saying well, he's not. No, there's, lot, there's, lots of, there's lots of things. Bo Levi is taller than Doug Flutie. <laughs> Shit, my, my four-year-old grandchild. Bo Levi, Bo, Bo Levi is more arrogant than Doug Flutie ever was. Um, There's more okay, arrogance in his it. big toe than Doug Flutie. No, no, that's about it. That's about it. That's about it. Yeah, I don't know how anybody could do that. So, And me being a Bo Levi fan, I'm not even going to try because it's impossible. It's like comparing Wayne Gretzky to Kim Claxon. You know who that is, right, Mark? Um, Kim Claxton. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. okay. You don't do so, it. Oh, yeah. You don't do it. You just, you just can't, you just can't do that. But some people, you know, are not the sharpest tools in the shed. So we're not going to go down that road. They might have their own beliefs, and they're entitled to their own beliefs. Okay. They are. They are. But um, they're not allowed to talk shit. Don't, don't try I to mean, come out and justify uh, something. I'm going to cut you down. 
I mean, Bo Levi was better at choking in the big game than Doug Flutie was because Doug Flutie never got to the big game because he always choked in the Western final. And and I am an eyewitness well, I, of that, he, okay? so He's won three great cups, me. Doug. No, Bo Levi Mitchell only won yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, I know, but there's all the great cups he should have won when he was in Calgary, and he always used to choke in the Western final. Okay? So, just saying. But... He got to the yeah, Grey no, Cup four I, out of eight I, years. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, in the four he didn't. I think he was with, in Calgary. Anyways, with two different teams. I know that. Anyways, um, but, yeah, the blue-collar, white-collar thing, I think it's got some legs. You know, I've always considered um, CFL crowd a wrestling crowd as opposed to the snobs that go to Calgary Flames games, Okay. Because there's a lot of them. Seriously, there is. Okay. Of course. And yeah, uh, I don't it's, disagree. It's, it's a it's a it's a different crowd. It's a completely different crowd. So you know, so there is some there is some legs to that, for sure. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. What are your thoughts for tonight? No, I enjoyed your rant. I I. I I always they always say that uh, too much agreement makes for an unexciting show. So you try not to agree too much, but there's not a lot I could argue with what you said. So um, well, that that's you know, just a rant. It makes, we got lots when, to argue about. Well, yeah, but I mean, when it makes sense, it makes sense, right? I mean, there's not a lot to be able to to, to debate about it. I mean, it's a theory first off, so it has okay. merit on its own because. There's other theories too, right? But I mean, it makes sense. There's no arguing that one's one's more until we would have facts, we wouldn't be able to disprove it or not, right? But it's a sound theory. It's a good theory. I like it. I mean, it makes sense. And I always, as soon as you, when you while you were talking, I flashed back to the uh, the replacements that movie about the yeah. uh, the football strike, and yeah. always about the interview with the quarterback, and he's trying to justify why he wants twenty million dollars a year and how that's not a lot of money. And then that black guy comes by and goes, you know what the, what the insurance on a Ferrari costs, motherfucker? And it's like, yeah, no, I don't because I don't own a Ferrari. Like, <laughs> that's rich people issues, right? And that's that's that whole point, right, is there's that huge split divide about uh, being able to relate to people. And I think that's it's that same theory that the CFL, uh, the people that are passionate about it are because it's the last true sport because the people that are playing it aren't playing it to be rich. They're playing it because they love the sport, right? And that's lost in so many of the sports. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it, it's not as bad now, but I mean, it, you know, let's let's think back to the '80s and then in the early '90s where it was really failing, and they weren't making that 54 even. They were making less than that, and you had linemen quitting to go become teachers because they could make more money teaching in in school, <laughs> you know, because that was what their degree was in. I remember I lived through that that era, and it was like. It was crazy, but the people that played that did it because they loved the game. And they and, and you know back then there was no delusions of going to NFL from the CFL, and uh, yeah, and that's again that blue collar connection, right? Because I love the game, and I can't play it anymore. I'm watching people that still respect and love the game, and I know they do. They're not doing it for the forty million dollars and the stupid dances in the end zones, right? Yeah. Good point, my friend. No Good one point. plays in the CFL to make get rich. Mm-hmm. No, no. They no. know better. They, they, they just hope they don't get hurt. Yep. 
Well, yeah, and I mean that's always the thing, and 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 you've seen. I mean, we just saw uh, Gazan retire so that he could pursue a career that was he felt was more of a future for the rest of his life career, right? He wants to be a cop. and they didn't want to risk. Well, yeah, and if he got hurt bad, maybe he'd lose that too, right? So he he just made that decision, and you see that. But that's that's what it brings it down to the level. He didn't. Nobody that was making twenty million dollars a year would do that, right? That's a logical yeah. decision for him to make. Right. Heenan, when he quit to go back to the family farm, you know, with Saskatchewan, the <laughs> lineman. And, I remember that. You know. I agree, 100%. 100%. Bang on. Yeah. Mark, you're there. Hey, uh, Chris, you're right about Goosen. Um, I'm pretty sure he, I think I read that this was his last chance to get to do the tests. He had one test left to do, and it came up. So it was like, okay, i got to do it. And he's getting out healthy. He's an offensive lineman. He's still healthy. He's got his knees, his head, everything else. It's time to go. If you can get a chance to do that, it's time. And you're not doing that with a $20 million salary. No, and and, I mean, the thing is, is people don't, even if he doesn't get a major injury, if he plays another five, six years, seven years, his knees will be in braces for the rest of his life. You can't carry around 300 pounds and play at that level and not injure your knees, like Mm -hmm. cartilage and like you're talking knee replacements at 55 and stuff. That's going to be a detriment to be a police officer. So now he can can quit. He can drop that 60 pounds because trust me, a lot of linemen carry way more weight than they would normally just to be able to play the game. He can yeah. drop the weight, get back to a normal weight, take the, the pressure off his joints, and do a career that he obviously is very interested in, sees it to be as the rest of his life. So I respect that. And he that. made enough money, if he was smart with his money, he made enough money to set himself up for a while anyway. You know, he's got enough well, to and, and, yep. and he got to enjoy that time playing professional football, mm. right? Like he still got the enjoyment of doing it. He still lived his dream. Yep. He just has to plan for the rest of his life now, that's all. Yeah, he's going from one brotherhood to another. Yeah, for sure. Okay. You guys ready to talk some football? You bet. Awesome. I love it when we get to segment one and we're half an hour through the show. <laughs> yep. How, how did that happen? And I'm still talking. Saskatchewan Rough Riders promote Craig Dickinson to head coach. Who saw this one coming? Put up your hand. Oh, look, everybody's got their hand up. (laughs) Yes, it's radio. I know that. Um, This is the most logical decision. Nothing has to change. They don't lose money. The systems stay in place. It's the most seamless and, and, and obvious decision to make. Jeremy O'Day turns around and says he was Craig Dick Craig Dickinson was my only choice. Well then why did you bother asking Winnipeg and Ottawa anyhow to cause all this controversy? Just trying to play the game? Come on. You didn't fool anybody. Okay, what do you gotta say on this one, Chris? Well, the, not only the why did he bother asking to talk to anybody else if he was your number one the whole time, the other part of it is that statement that, you know, he's he's a long-term solution for him, not just a gap stop, right? And it's like, you know, 
you're speaking you're, you're answering questions that haven't been asked yet because you obviously clearly are telling you everybody what they want to hear right not that they don't maybe think that he can last long term but to come out right away and say that you know like obviously you know he knew what everybody was thinking so it was like oh no he's not just for a year or two is he we're, he's our long-term solution right he's going to be the coach for a long time and i thought that was kind of funny too but i mean it's not surprising it's and it's the right it was the right move to make we all said it was everybody saw it coming and what other choice did he have it's it is it's it is what it it was going to have to be right and i hope that he does really well at it i i just know that because everybody stayed internal they shouldn't have huge hiccups but he's still left with the i don't have a quarterback problem and yeah. and the McAdoo problem and the o line problem and he will also have to see how free agency plays out once he get what he gets left with with the defense because the defensive guys tend to stick with Jones and and you know I don't know like there's a lot of talent on there that wants a lot of money and like you know he he was around it to watch it and understand it but there's one thing to learn and another thing to do right like he he there's no way we can just say that the defense is going to miss a beat without Jones there. I think we all accept that Jones is a very, very gifted defensive coach. Um, yeah, they promoted from within on the D.C., but and Craig's there. But I, he's got a lot of problems for a first-time head coach. I kind of flash back to Clay Brooks returning down Montreal because, you know, who wants to start their career in that kind of a situation? I almost feel like that for Craig. I mean, he's a little bit better than the Montreal situation, but it could get ugly really quick if it doesn't go right. And hopefully – I like Craig, and I hope it does go okay. I mean, obviously, I hope that Saskatchewan doesn't win a bunch because I don't like them very much, but I hope good for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you kind of got to cheer for Saskatchewan just a little bit just to so Craig doesn't feel too bad, right? No, yeah. I don't yeah, like you don't want him to nosedive. You don't want him to nosedive totally, but uh, you know, maybe lose a lot of close games. How about that? <laughs> you can only win Eastern games. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'll go with that one. I'll support that one. Only win yeah, in the just, East. Yeah. Okay. So you got you, you can end up nine and nine if you just win Eastern games. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that's not a bad idea. Mark Craig Dickinson, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, like Chris said, it, it was hilarious how O'Day comes out and oh, the only one we were gonna get. Well, you interviewed two other one to interview two other guys first, and made a huge fit because he couldn't. It's stupid, but I really I like that he's a head coach. He should have been there all along anyway. Uh, it's nice to see somebody new coming in, like they did with o, Winnipeg did with O'Shea, get some newer blood going in, with the game. We do need it. But I've got a bad feeling he's not going to last because even though the rest of the coaches have all been there, I think this, you're going to see a team in transition now. It's all going to come down to who they get at quarterback. they they got to cut them some slack, though. You know, It's like if, if you took the, the criteria that you're throwing on Craig Dickinson right now and put it on Mike, Michael O'Shea five years ago, he shouldn't have been a coach after the first year, second year, or third year. But who runs the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? The fans. Is the board? Yeah, the fans. The board, and the fans, the fans will lose their mind. 
if they start to really suck, if they get into some kind of a tailspin. It, it's all going to come down to who the quarterback. Hopefully, and that's not his fault. No. Nope. Hopefully he talks to McAdoo and does something with the playbook. And that could, you know, it may not all be McAdoo's fault with the way that Jones did treat the offense. No. But, uh, so it, it's going to be an interesting year. That's why I think that they are almost like a team that's in transition. Even they, though they Jones are. was only there for three years. They're not yeah, almost in transition. It is the head coach, but you've got to know that somebody's going to be talking in his ear the whole time. Somebody on that staff will be. Now, something that you guys said here, I don't know, did, did, Jace, did they announce Jason Shivers to be the d- defensive coordinator? He just interviewed Okay, so I haven't announced that yet because uh, one of you guys said that they promoted it internally yeah. for the D.C., and no, that hasn't that. happened yet. Yeah, I saw an article. Oh, that okay. He's, he has, he's interviewing, but I think it will be a formality like it was with Dickinson. It, it, it's a slam dunk. It's stupid if they don't. Yeah. But I hadn't heard anything yet. No, sorry, that was me. I, I, I was jumping ahead, too. Yeah, I was jumping ahead. Yeah. I just assume, I, I just, I'm guessing it's going to happen like Craig, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they can't go into a season with a brand new head coach and a brand new DC, two different guys. You just can't do it. Not with this amount of free agents. No, I, they just got to breathe, and they still need a special teams coordinator. Yeah, he could probably do that. Maybe. I, it, it goes back to my rant about why are coordinators head coaches coordinators. This year it might I hate be to it. save money. I, I absolutely hate it. This year it could be to save money on the salary cap. Stupid yeah. salary cap. Yeah, I think it's absolutely ridiculous, and I think it was only put in there because the CBA is this year. They well, might say next year they might just say this is fucking stupid and get rid of it. It's possible. Go ahead. Charles, you're there? I'm here. So yeah, um, to me this is um, two brothers. Sorry, what? What do you think of two brothers, head coaches, first time in CFL history? Yeah, this is a uh, this is a new one, and it certainly is going to add some more intrigue now. Whenever the writers play the uh, the Stampeders, uh, there was already some there, anyways. But uh, yeah, Dave against and Dave's the younger brother, right? Which is interesting because he is um, the one with more experience as a head coach. Um, um, Craig has been the special teams. Now, Craig also coached in Calgary for a while. Am I right? Uh, he definitely Craig was in Edmonton. Ed- yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah, he was no, there for Calgary a while. Was, was he special teams yeah. there as well, or was he defensive coordinator? He's well, always special been special teams. teams. Special teams. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah, so that's uh, interesting. So we'll see if uh, Craig can uh, get a couple wins over his uh, his uh, baby brother there going into this one. Um, this was the obvious choice. In fact, I remember the day I heard that Chris Jones left. I think I even posted that it would probably be Dickinson. But for Jerry, Jeremy O'Day to try and sell that this was his first choice, then why are you talking to anybody choice? else? Like, yeah, no, baloney. Then 
<laughs> why were you asking permission to talk to the guy in um, Audible? What's his face? Um, oh, God, I can't remember his name. Um, Elzondo? Who's the coach? Who? Uh, Elzondo, yeah. And why were you asking to talk to Paul LaPolice if uh, your only choice who already worked for you was just sitting there? And why did it take you two weeks to hire him if that was the only choice? So, uh, yeah, he's blowing smoke, but you know what? He has to do that now because his um, um, other choices uh, didn't pan out. And so he's going with the guy that was already on the staff. And he's got to say, oh, you were my par- you were my choice all the time. That's called PR. That's called spin. But you know what? I wish him well. I like Dave Dickinson, and I like his brother, Craig Dickinson. He's a guy that's been around the league for a while. So, obviously, um, his first head coaching job, although he's not walking into the greatest situation there uh, in uh, Saskatchewan. So, I'm guessing he's going to have to keep on all of Chris Jones' assistants because they all signed two-year contracts. And now with this coaching cap, he's kind of stuck there. Huh. Sucks to be you, Saskatchewan. But it is what it is, so... He's going to have to make the best of it. Maybe he can help find a quarterback because they still don't have one. So that should be uh, an interesting uh, thing to watch moving forward. Okay. The one thing that I've noticed about Craig Dickinson is he has been a coach um, since 1995. Wow. He's 47 years old right now. And for the last 20, 23, 24 years, so since he was 23 years old, he's been a coach. That was at Montana Grizzlies. He was a special teams quarter. Then he went to the Utah. He went to the Aggies. And then the San Diego Chargers for two years. And then he showed up in the CFL in Calgary in 2002 as the receivers coach. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, Dave Dickinson played football. Craig Dickinson did not. He just coached him. And that's kind of why you saw Dave Dickinson rise to the level that he did as quickly as he did is because he was successful on the field. Mm -hmm. If you've never played the game, it takes you longer to get there. Okay. William, you're probably seeing this guy more than anybody. What are your thoughts? Do you like Craig? Well, if he's got the same brain pen as his brother, he'll probably be a good head coach. Um, the other guy that got pr- promoted from from a special teams coach to head coach was the guy who's still in the league right now, and he's doing not badly. His first couple of years weren't great. I don't know if they'll give Craig Dickinson that kind of rope. Um, they have to. But He needs it. But I, 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 I think... Uh, in the situation they're in right now, Craig Dickinson was the obvious choice because he knows all the personalities as far as coaches go because he's going to have to keep them all um, and maybe add somebody as DC. But uh, you know what? I've heard that he knows the game and he's a smart guy, X's and O's. So, hey, you never know. You never know. Give him a chance. The people have been saying for years that he should be a head coach. He never played the game, so it, like you said, it takes longer. But, you know, maybe this guy, you know, they they talk about a special teams coach 
is probably more involved in the football game than most coordinators in the overall game because he's got to know the ebb and flow of the game and he's probably he probably coaches a lot more of the players than just the position coaches because you know all the players play on special teams or most of the players so he has you know he probably has relationships with all of these guys yeah so if you look more at so it, than anyone if you look right if you look at it if you look at it from you know a character side and and he has relationships he knows his staff hey you never know what could happen i mean i wish i wish he was the head coach for bc montreal toronto calgary whoever because i still can't cheer for him okay sorry because <laughs> i hope he loses every single game next season just saying i i wish i could and and you know what i bet you he's a really nice guy and I know he was popular when he was in Calgary, and he was popular when he was in Edmonton, but he's in Saskatchewan, so I can't cheer for him. I'm sorry. It's okay. Simple. So he actually did play college ball. He played for the Montana Yeah, Grizzlies. of course he did. He was the kicker. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Special teams, coach. Special teams. <laughs> How many times is Will so said that it's not a, and it, and it's not a football and player? It's not, and it's not special in a short bus kind of way. So, Okay. So here's the burning here's the burning question I have. Do you figure okay. that Craig, if he, if, if he loses his first game to Dave, will walk across and tell Dave to win with some class? <laughs> he should. And and uh, and you know I I know he's gonna undo the top button on his shirt too when he when he when he plays against anybody right as opposed to as opposed to a may, certain other coach. But and he actually wears green. Yeah, and he actually wears green in his team colors too. Yeah, he's not dressed yep. in all black. Uh, okay. Nope. <laughs> are we when when are we gonna put this Chris Jones shit to bed? Oh look, segment two is all about him. Well, Thanks, Charles. Skip segment. Skip segment here. I don't on, care about it anymore. Yeah, it's kind of like herpes. Um, Chris Jones was exploring many options outside of Saskatchewan, including the top football position with the Atlantic Schooners. He was trying to get coaching positions in NCAA teams down in the States. He was trying to do anything to get out of Saskatchewan. He finally did. Can't blame him. He's actually not as dumb as he looks. Um, <clears throat> did I say that out loud? Shit. I hate it when that happens. He has to be that dumb because anybody who's trying to get the head coaching position or the head football job for the Atlantic Schooners is an idiot because there is no Atlantic Schooners. What do we have to do? Tell you guys there is no team. Stop trying to get a job with them. <coughs> Ridiculous. Okay. Anybody want to talk about Chris Jones? Or do we- you know what? I'm sure Chris Jones was looking at every football job on the face of the earth every season if it was going to get him ahead. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame him for that. So, So, you know, 
Am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised at all. Okay? He, he was like that. He was like that. So, mm-hmm. But that's about all I'm going to give to this one. Okay. Let's jump I'll just over say to... That, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, I mean, if you're a head coach and general manager of a existing CFL team, and then you're looking at uh, moving on to a team that doesn't technically even exist. It makes me wonder if there was something behind, something else there that we're not hearing about. But I don't know. That's just speculation on my part. It just, it just caught me as odd. Okay. So, so we got the next segment here, which is on uh, CFL.ca uh, rankings of top free agents. Well, this, but the, just the article you posted was actually Three Down Nation. Oh, did I put CFL? Oh, my mistake. There goes my okay. perfect agenda. So this is just quarterbacks, rankings of right. quarterbacks. Okay, so um, this is Drew Edwards. This is not some staff writer. Drew actually put oh, his gosh. name on this one. Okay, just for fun, here are the, top, here are the last 10 Grey Cup winning quarterbacks. Anthony Calvillo. Kelvio again, Travis Lule, Ricky Ray, Darian Durant, Bo Levi Mitchell, Mike Riley, Henry Burris, Ricky Ray again, and Mitchell again. Okay? So we got Kelvio twice, Ray twice, Mitchell twice, and four other ones or so, right? So... Now he goes on to say, in other words, it's impossible to win a title without an elite-level quarterback. Well, didn't we see Darian Durant on this list? <coughs> oh, sorry. Did I say that out loud again? Damn, i got to stop this. <laughs> and that's what makes this year's crop of free agents so interesting for the first time in recent memory. Charles? Yes. Do you have the article up? I do, yes. Take over. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the first group here. I guess they're calling them the elite group, and it's got two names on them. And they didn't even go 1-2. They went 1-1-A. One one they got number one, Bolivai Mitchell from Calgary, and, or, and number 1-A is Mike Riley from Edmonton. Strangely enough, I would swap those two. I would put uh, Riley ahead of Mitchell. I guess he's t- saying that they're not really ahead of one another because they both have a number one on their list. Uh, it looks like Bo Levi Mitchell is probably heading to the NFL because there's been rumors in the past days that he is close to a deal, I believe, with the Denver Broncos, although I've heard another team mentioned, I think with the Minnesota Vikings that also got mentioned uh, with his relationship to Bo Levi Mitchell. And then Mike Riley, who is really the uh, crown jewel of CFL free agency, which begins 12 days from today. Uh, let's go around quickly with these guys. Do, do, um, uh, where do we think these guys are going to hand? And, well, let's say, uh, are they ranked properly, and where do we think these guys are going to um, end up quickly? Uh, let's start with Will and work our, way, uh, work our way down. Well, I don't even think you should put Bo Levi on that list because he's not going to be there. So uh, he's a mute point for me. So 
I mean, it's got to be Mike Riley and then, of course, Andrew Harris. So I'm okay with the rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I, – I, I'm thinking Riley's going to move, and I don't think Harris is going to move. So it all tends on purposes. Those guys don't even really exist either. So Okay, so you, you mean, think that they're, they're going to end up in the same spot? Well, Mike Riley might go to BC or might go to Edmonton, and Harris is going to stay in Ottawa. I guarantee you. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, Chris. What? Yeah, well, it's about my opinion of it, too. <laughs> Will summed it up. I, uh, I think, uh, you know, being one in 1A, I, I agree. I don't think the 1A is less than one. It's just another way to say one because you can't say two ones. So, um, but I mean, I wouldn't disagree that Mike should be one and Mitchell one A. I mean, I, I just interchangeable, but Mitchell, I, I cannot see Mitchell not going to the NFL. I just can't. Um, it's gone on too long and there was too much interest for him not to at least go down and, uh, give it a shot. Uh, I don't think Mike is, although there were still rumors that he might do that too, but I, I think he, he stays in Edmonton or he probably goes to BC. I, 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 all the arguments for him to go to BC are, are as strong as the arguments for Lule to stay in BC kind of concept to me. So it's really hard to to think that he would. And anybody that's going to court him is going to pay him about the same amount of money. I don't see anybody coming with some ridiculous offer that will outpay, like make him change his mind based on money, right? Like, you, you're gonna you're gonna have to pay five fifty to six hundred to get the guy. I think that's pretty much the most anybody could afford to pay him anyway. So it's going to be down to what he wants, not who offers him the money. Because according to Edmonton, they've already made like several strong offers. So and he hasn't taken it. So um, you got to think he's going to move, and you got to think it's probably to BC. I just I don't see him going anywhere else. But maybe he'll surprise us. But yeah, I'm I'm with Will. I think those are the things, and I think Harris stays. And and so the lottery isn't as big as everybody thinks. I think it's. Uh, a little bit smaller, and it'll be it'll be actually the lower down quarterbacks that are in the middle that'll be the ones that are the going to be make them excitement of where they go. Mark, uh, what do you think? Oh, sorry, or CJ, if you want to come no. in. No, go ahead. Go ahead. The only changes I might make. I'm not a huge fan of lumping Jonathan Jennings. And Brandon Bridge together. Uh, I was working at that one too. I would almost move him up to t- and take put um, Caleros down there with Bridge, just because at least health wise, you know what you have going in in Jennings. You don't know what you have going in with Caleros. And like Ricky Ray down at the very bottom. He's ranked last out of the free agent quarterbacks. No, we don't know what he's doing yet. No, we don't know his health. But the last time he played a full season, he won the Grey Cup. Yes, he had that scary injury last year. But if he thinks he's healthy and he can pass the the medicals and the physicals, wouldn't be a bad guy to pick up for at least a backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of a pay cut he'd want to take, but if you have a good offensive line, it may be worth a shot. I know we're talking about him more after, but 
just might be worth a shot there. Otherwise, one A, one B, and all that—that's obvious. I just wasn't sure about putting Jennings with down with um, Bridge. I, I'm not a huge Jennings fan, but he's got more talent than Bridge does. That's it. He's won. He's won a hell of a lot more games. Yeah. At, at, at least Jonathan Jennings has showed us something. More so than just about any other quarterback on this list. After Trevor Harris, it has to be Jonathan Jennings. Yeah. I, I think he would be the most desirable quarterback by any of the teams. Because let's just – you look at BC, Edmonton, and Saskatchewan, and Calgary. There are four teams – and there's one quarterback. <laughs> okay. I honestly don't think that Mike Riley's going to be going to Saskatchewan or Calgary. So let's just get honest about this. Edmonton or BC is going to need a number one quarterback. Saskatchewan needs a number one quarterback. Calgary, more than likely, will need a number one quarterback. Out of this list, after you take Mike Riley out, after you take Bo Levi Mitchell out, and after you put Trevor Harris back into Ottawa, how many number one quarterbacks are there on this group? Mm. Nobody's going to bet their franchise um, on Zach Caleros, Travis no. Lule, Kevin Glenn, Ricky Ray. Right? You're not going to bet your franchise on them. Who else is there? Drew Willie. Brandon Bridge, Drew <laughs> Willie. Jonathan hey, you Jones. know who I thought, you know, a little <laughs> while ago I put my, drew up my mind, I thought I'd think like Christopher Jones for a little while. And, and I bet you that scared the you know shit what? out of you. Oh, it did, because I was thinking, you, you know who'd look good in the Calgary uniform and they might win the Grey Cup if they had him? Because he probably wouldn't get hurt like he's been hurt for the last three or four years. Zach Claros. No, Travis Lule. No, it won't happen. Well, but it's I'm just saying, okay? Your no. philosophy, anybody can play in Calgary and win a great cup as quarterback because Bo Levi wasn't that good. So Correct. you can take any of those guys. You can take any of those guys with the exception of Brandon Bridge, because even when the receiver is open, he tries to run. Um, and it's it's done. It's a soul. So Calgary shouldn't even worry because they just can sign any of these guys and look the heck out. We're done. It's over. The, the, the best quarterback. I don't even know why we're going to have a season. Edmonton, Calgary, or Saskatchewan would be Jonathan Jennings. If Jonathan Jennings and, put and on I, a Calgary uniform, they would win a Grey Cup. Yeah, but there is nothing. There is they would have nothing, to be the front runner. Nothing, nothing from last year shows that Jonathan Jennings is gonna improve. He's got something in his head, and the last two years he sucked. Let's face it. Uh, and, nobody's and arguing I, with. I you. don't know. I don't know if if some of these guys have a conversation with them. 
to find out what's going on. Have they all talked amongst each other to see what's going on with this guy? Because three years ago, he threw for 5,000 yards. Mm-hmm. And sorry, BC was not that much better three years ago than they are than they were last year or the year before. No. So I don't get it. Uh, it it's a puzzle to me. I, I don't know what went on or what get on. And I don't even, I don't even go with your philosophy of they, they started them too soon. I don't, I don't even believe that. Okay. Why? I don't know what Why? went on it. It'll be because I, I guess if you think about it, that's the only logical explanation, but uh, okay. something happened. What, what I don't is know the what benefit? happened. What is the benefit to a quarterback? to be sitting on the bench holding a clipboard for two or three years before you get that shot. What is the benefit to you? Mm -hmm. You get to learn to read defenses. Sure. Okay. Defense in the CFL is totally different than the defense in the NCAA. Okay. So, so he he didn't learn how to, he did not learn how to read defenses. He didn't learn how to read a defense when he threw for 5,000 yards? No, he was just going on sure guts. He, he was really – there were times where he, you could tell that he was winging it. Yeah. And there were some passes, and I'll even admit this, in that season, that 5,000 passes, that, you know, 5,000 yards, there were more than one time where passes were thrown – that he was extremely lucky, didn't get picked off, and they ended up going for completions and oftentimes big plays. So uh, not to say that he didn't ever read a defense, but I wouldn't say that he, I mean, he had some work still to do. He was not exactly um, um, proficient at reading defenses at that point. If, if, if you remember that better, season, that season Charles, better. If you remember that season, he threw a lot of passes for three to five yards that turned into 40. Yes, and that's true. He had the big he had receivers. He had guys like Manny. He had guys like Emmanuel Arsenal that turned and short passes Burnham. into long games. Brian yes. Burnham, another one. Yes, that is correct. Okay. There were a lot of short passes that went for a lot more. big games. And that was the thing, too, that got me with Jonathan Jennings. That year when he had the big passing numbers – he used his legs a whole lot more than he has ever since then, and I don't understand why. He was uh, a lot of people were comparing him that season. They were comparing him to Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks, a guy who you know he used his legs, he, he um, used his well, mobility, and end. then he just kind of stopped that. That yeah, that's that's your your coordinators, that's your yeah. your play calling that did that. Instead mm-hmm. of trying to teach him, right? Now, that's why Darian Durant was successful when he was successful. Because a defense cannot pin their ears back and come after the quarterback if they think that it's going to be a running play or if they think that it's going to be a quarterback play. Okay? Right. That's why if you're going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball – the defense just can't pin their ears back and come forward. No. So when you've got three running backs in the backfield, you have success running the ball. 
Jonathan Jennings ran the ball. That quarterback option play made for yards. Then when he does pass the ball, he has more time. Mm-hmm. And it helps the receivers get open because they're not yes. sure what the quarterback's going to do. Because you don't know what the quarterback's going to do. So it took the, a while for that to happen. And then you're correct, the next year he did. He, now, if I remember correctly, he did hurt his knee. Yes. Or was it his knee or his shoulder? No, he hurt his knee. Okay. And it, it, it restricted his mobility. Mm-hmm. And that's why the the next year he suffered. Then we were expecting wonderful things coming out of training camp the, the year after because he was all healed up. And he sucked just as bad. Mm-hmm. So I think it changes scenery. Time to get healthy. New coach, especially somebody like David Dickinson, who's been there, done that, and and everything, or Jason Moss, okay? He needs a good quarterback coach. He needs somebody to teach him. He would have that in BC this year. The team has lost faith in him. Yeah. Ed, he, uh, he Ed, Harvey, believe. Ed Hervey is pretty much, for all intents and purposes, said he has no interest in bringing him back. No, none. You've got Jarius Jackson. You've got Ryan Dinwit. No, who's the quarterback coach over there now? Is it Ryan Dinwiddie? Uh, no, he's in yeah, Calgary. No, uh, quarterbacks coach. Oh, oh it's Drew Tate. Oh, Drew Tate. Thank you. Drew Tate. So you know when you've got that many quarterbacks that are out there helping your quarterbacking team, you're going to do be successful. That's what Jonathan Jennings needed before. And he had Kahari Jones. Mm-hmm. Not a great quarterback at any point in time. Not a good coach. I'm sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, Jennings needs a change of scenery. I say he's going to be in Edmonton with uh, the, the fall up. Fallback is to be Calgary. And I think Calgary fans should be very fortunate if they get him. Because they will be the can, leading candidate for the for the Grey Cup next year if they do. I honestly can still see him going to Saskatchewan. I know a lot of people don't think he's going to go. I think he can, might. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I I could still see see it happen. Yeah, I don't disagree. Okay. Um, going down the list, Brandon Bridge. Is it over for him? I don't think so. No? I still think there will be someone out there that will see enough in him to at least bring him in as a as a backup. I still don't think he's a starter. I've never thought he was a starter. I I don't have a problem with a guy like him coming off the bench. But as far as a starter, no. He's a guy that uh, that can that can service you all right coming off the bench, um, but but the problem is, like we said, he has a trouble reading defenses. He can't do it. And I've always thought that he can't do it. <clears throat> but 
But is he done? I don't think he's done. Somebody will pick him up. Where do you yeah, see him, Yeah, I Mark? think so, too. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised to see him stay in Saskatchewan. I, I think he's going to stay in Saskatchewan. Yeah. I could see uh, somebody p- yeah. picking him up as uh, backup, though. Well, if he stays in Saskatchewan, he's going to be backup. Well, it depends if they get anybody. Yeah. Depends on if they get anybody. Chris, what do you think there? Brandon Bridge, you like him? Is it done for him? Is he going to go? Well, I, I don't think he's done. He's not done. I agree with Mark. He's not done. He's, he's going to catch on somewhere. Just solely because he's Canadian and he's got some abilities. He's, you know, hell, if you're going to run a backup quarterback just to score touchdowns on the short yardage stuff, well, who else? I mean, you couldn't ask for anybody better than Bridge. I mean, he's a big boy. He can run. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's done. I don't think he's a starter. But I wouldn't sit there and say that he will never be one. I I tend to I like him a little bit to be honest with you, and and I think that if he puts the right effort in and learns how to read the D's, I, I think he could be good. He's got the right package and skill sets. He just has to learn to 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 play the game better. And uh, from what you hear, he's not much of a practicer, so. You know, if he hasn't made that commitment, then but that's still in his hands. So he's definitely not done. Because uh, if Drew Willie wasn't done as many times as we thought he was done, Brandon Bridge definitely isn't done. And uh, he's not a starter, but I I don't think he's gonna. He could be the next Glenn, maybe. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. He's only 26 years old. Yeah, he's got a ton of time, right? Like, it's not mm-hmm. – I, I like him. I, I hope for him, actually. I do like him enough to che- to cheer for him. I hope he does get better. I think I hope he he does play. I'd like to see him go to the next level and be a, a good player. I, I do do like his style. I like him. So, If he is going to make a uh, transition forward in his career, then he needs to go back to the same thing I just said. He needs to go to a team with a quarterback coaching staff. Yeah, that's yeah. not it. Hey, he do, no, he'd do good in Calgary, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I see Calgary bringing one person in to compete with the two they have. That's all I see Calgary doing. Yeah, and I see it more towards like a Jennings, like you said, or a Caleros, or somebody like that, because they're high on Arbuckle and that uh, the, the other guy Cor or Corez or whatever. They really like him. He's just not ready to go yet. He's not ready. No. That'd be like putting Chris Strebler in first place right now, Strebler or whatever his name is. Strebler, well, or it'd yeah. be like start, or it'd be like starting Ryan Dinwiddie in the Grey Cup, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> we're putting Jonathan Jennings out too soon. Yeah, that's right. Shit could happen. Could go either way, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, going back up the list, Zach. Cole- I can only see Zach Calero surviving in one city. Calgary? Calgary. Yep. And you know Zach- what? It might be scary because remember how we were all scared that he might go to Saskatchewan and complete that team and make them a dominant team? 
if he went back to his old ways and they could protect him. I think the same thing would have to be said if Kolaris goes to, to Calgary. That's that's a scary problem. If, if he goes back to what he can do and he feels comfortable and he's protected, it could be a pretty big thing. Yeah. When, when Chris Calgary, Jones signed Zach got a Kolaris, good offensive line. Yeah. I was afraid when Zach Kolaris signed in Saskatchewan. I thought this is going to make it them a dominant team. I said, all Chris Jones has to do is go out there and buy himself an O-line to protect him. And yep. the moron didn't do it. No. Whoever but and again, if, if getting him for a song, he's going to, he's going to demand no money. Yeah. And I mean, if you eliminate the worry of too many concussions and he might not be, be manageable because he's broken too much. If all you're worried about is the psychological, well then that's the exact same answer, answer in Calgary as, as Jennings. That's yeah. the place to fix him. And that's what you mean. There's only one team for him, right? Not only is it the O-line that always protects, but it's, it's the right coaching staff to fix him mentally. Yeah. As long as well, they have, he's physically ready to go. They have the coaching staff in, in Edmonton, I believe, to fix Jennings. And Jennings doesn't need an O-line. Not the way Kalea yeah. does. Matt's, uh, Jason's un- unstability really worries me, though, because if you get the wrong player with that, they emulate the coach. And that, as a young player, like I don't know if Jennings leans that way to be really passionate, but I mean, I could give you a perfect example. If Drew Tate had ever played for Jason Moss, that would have been a nightmare, right? Oh. Because <laughs> Drew Tate was That's... too crazy on the field, right? And if the coach lets that happen and he mimics, it could go absolutely insane, right? Like I agree, Jason Moss is a great quarterback, but he's not 100% really stable. You don't break shit and hit Gatorade bottles and freak out. If that's your management style, your players emulate that, and you need the right players to be successful under that. Otherwise, it could go into a shit show really quick. And I don't know if he could take, take a Jennings and fix him if Jennings has any leanings that way. I, hang on here. Hang on. I don't believe that Jason Moss – shows that kind of emotion at a practice. I think that's an under a game environment that he loses it. You believe that? I've witnessed it before in different sports. I've mm. been that way myself. I can coach extremely well, put me into an environment, and I lose my freaking mind. I, I I I can relate to what happens to Jason Moss. I don't agree I with guess. it. He's a professional coach, but I can relate to it. Well, and and what goes to your and what goes to that side of it is is that he was a fairly calm player. Yeah. Right. You never saw him lose a shit on the field as a as a quarterback. So maybe you're right. I, I my experience has been more that if that's who you are, that's who you are, and sometimes you're even worse in practice when nobody's watching you. But I, I could buy into that because I, I do think back, and he was a very calm player. I thought, well, and I mean, of course, being with Ricky Ray, I mean, that helps because he's so calm. I mean, you don't know if Ricky Ray's alive half the time because he's not responding. So maybe he learned off that. But, yeah, I could buy that. Maybe it's just a game situation. And yeah. also, I don't, think, I don't think Jennings is a borderline player like that. He's always shown very mature to me. So maybe he could handle a coach that was a pusher. You know? But I, I think what Jennings need is, isn't a coach on the field. It's a coach off the field. Yeah. yeah. 
And I mean, Moss was a good player. I mean, I mean, I would never take that away from him. Yeah. Okay. Will, you've been very quiet out there. Quiet guy. No, you're not. Uh, Brendan Banks, his career's not over, but I don't want to see him anywhere close to Calgary. Um, I think he's a perfect example of can't read defenses, has depended on his athletic ability his whole life. So, And he's not going to try. And until he tries, he's not going to be a starter. But you know what? If you look at the backups out there, he's not a bad backup. So... Um, I know you guys are all saying Zach Kolaris in Calgary. I, am. I don't know. I've ne- I've never liked him, to be honest with you. I've never liked him. Um, but you know, maybe behind Calgary's offensive line, he'd do something. I, I think on Zach Kolaris has an amazing skill set as a quarterback. I think you're right. Yeah, but you know what? One of the, one of the things they used to say about Bo Levi is that he may not run the ball, but he <laughs> had great he had great feet behind the offensive line. He moved in the pocket, and he was good at that. And I don't know if Zach Flares is that same kind of guy. You know, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, offensive line means a little bit, but your quarterback still got to move a little bit too. So I don't know. You know what? I, I believe that anybody who comes to Calgary is going to be better than they were anywhere else, to be honest with you. Depending on what, depending on what kind of team Calgary has this year. Okay. Cause we still, the, they have been, they have been signing, offensive linemen for a little bit now and they got I think three of their starters back from last year so we shall see we shall see on 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 Willie's wish list is uh sorry Mark on Willie's wish list is Sook Chung okay I'd like to see him in a Calgary uniform he's going one and he did and he did and he did play in Calgary by the way that's where he went to From university. PC. So, yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Um, we could use him out in BC. He could come home. You're gonna need him yeah. to protect Riley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, you said he's what? only going I, one place. Where's he going, Mark? BC. You think he's leaving Winnipeg? Uh, it's almost a done deal, I would think. He okay. wants big money, and I think he wants to go back home to BC. Well, He's from if he BC, wants I big think money, that's where he wants to be. If he wants big money, he won't go to Calgary. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I he mean, he wants big money from Winnipeg. But, but on the other hand, what would Mike Riley do with a good offensive line? He'd be bloody scary. Well, no, 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 but maybe, maybe that would take away from his game if he didn't get those hellacious hits on him, okay, and then stand up and throw touchdown passes. Maybe that's part yeah, of the yeah. game, man. Yeah, he'd, I gotta he'd get, get bored I gotta back get there. Get he'd get bored, in, yeah. I gotta get, yeah, I got to get <laughs> smacked in the jaw, okay? I got to get smacked in the jaw before he can come back and play well, okay? So, 
You never know. You never know. Because he spent quite a few years getting smacked in the jaw, so and yeah, he still quite. won despite it. So who knows? Who knows? That's why it's football. You never know what's going to happen until it happens. So my my money is on Travis Lule being the backup to Mike Riley. Travis is mm-hmm. with being a back, taking the backup role. He did that to Jonathan Jennings. He will definitely do that to his buddy Mike Riley. Yeah. Travis is not looking for a lot of money. If he gets two hundred grand to play a little bit, great. He is going to be the guy that could come off the bench and win you a Grey Cup. Out of all of these guys in the backup role, he is the guy that I would want on my bench. Um, BC will have to get a very good third-string quarterback, kind of like a Brandon Bridge who is going to be able to pound the ball up the middle. I wouldn't be disappointed with that, but I don't think Brandon Bridge is willing to take that third seat. Mike Riley, Travis Lule, and Brandon Bridge for quarterbacks in in BC, that would be amazing. Yeah, that I'd be in favor of. That would be amazing. Yeah, I had no problem with that. Now, is it going to happen? No. See. Probably not. No. But be, uh, Travis Lule will take the back seat. I don't know if Br- Bridge will. Brandon Bridge I don't think will. I don't think he'd go for anything less than a backup. And even that, he he thinks he's bigger than that. I Not many other people do, but I don't know. As, as so, Will said, he doesn't have the work ethic. No. So Je- Jennings goes to... Either Edmonton, Edmonton, Calgary. I think he goes to Edmonton. Edmonton. So then, I guess what the big after that, then the big sweepstakes would be for Glenn, wouldn't it? I'll be Kevin Glenn. Well, yeah, like, if, and that's also Jennings, assuming that Trevor Harris returns to Ottawa, which I think we all think is almost a, yeah. A, a, okay, and yeah, Claris. Yeah, and, and, and Claris is the uh, I guess Claris is the other one, but I mean, really, your front runners become Kevin Glenn or, or Claris. Yep. For for what two more spots that need to be filled? Saskatchewan and Calgary. If you go Jennings to Edmonton, and I, I think if I Calgary mean, goes with with Kevin Glenn, it's to be a mentor role for the other two. Mm-hmm. And they're and they are they're content on not winning a Grey Cup and rebuilding. They are content in throwing the 2019 season away, and I don't believe that that is possible. That's why I well, think they're yeah, going to go after Caleros. Yeah, and the thing about it is is that both Saskatchewan and Calgary have history with Glenn. Of course, he's played on every team, so everybody does, but they have serious history. Like, he played for them for extended periods of time. <laughs> so it's hard to – it's hard to – it's hard to vision Glenn being in either team again. Like you usually don't ever go back, right? Like I don't know. Unless you Glenn. I guess. <laughs> yeah, well. Unless and I guess maybe it's, and maybe that's a good fit for Saskatchewan as a Kevin Glenn. Well, it's not stability. your future for sure. It's stability. It's not your future, but right now the whole team's not your future. You don't know if your head coach is going to stick, you don't know if this guy's going to stick, you don't know who. So at least Glenn brings you some like Glenn brings you the ability to win half your games guaranteed, almost. He's, you know? a, 
500 quarterback. That's what I said yeah. when he came to BC, and that's exactly what he well, did. Won us nine games. Maybe, yeah. maybe he goes to Saskatchewan. Maybe he goes to Saskatchewan. You know, plays eight or nine games, then he retires, and he starts his starts his coaching career in Saskatchewan, <laughs> and his goal will be to coach for every team in the CFL. Okay. <laughs> What the heck? What the heck? All he has to do, Kevin Glenn needs to hang around the CFL long enough to be signed by the Schooners. <laughs> well, and uh-huh. and if you think about it, if you think about it, Kevin Glenn didn't get touched last year, okay? So he's probably pretty fresh. He's yeah. probably pretty fresh. Another Did he even five play years. The game last year? He did not he take did a not, snap last year. Not one snap. No, he didn't touch it. No, didn't touch a ball. So he's the healthiest quarterback there is in the CFL. That exactly. Well, really. And I can't. I can't remember how was how was the ending for Glenn in Saskatchewan. Was was he like was it as bad as Durant or I, I just I don't I can't I can't put my mind around how he left. Like if he went back, would he still be beloved there, or did he burn that bridge? He did not burn a bridge. So. I don't believe no. he's ever burned a bridge except Ottawa. No, I know, but there no, has been players I, I that think, have. I'm just... I think what happened when he left the last time is is uh, Chris Jones decided, you know, if if Kevin Glenn sticks around, we might have a pretty decent offense, and we wouldn't want that. So, <laughs> so they didn't uh-huh. try and sign him. Okay. Okay. So there you go. I, so I, so I, I don't think Craig Dickinson they... would have a problem bringing him back. No, no, no. and I, and it, it, and if the fans still like him, like if he didn't piss the fans off because he didn't, you know, whatever, then and they might welcome him back with open arms. They're they're very loyal to people, so maybe Glenn is a good fit in Saskatchewan. Maybe that is their answer. Although, again, when he was there last time, it was the same thing. It was supposed to be a stopgap till they found their future quarterback, but they're in the same boat still. So he can why be a not? stopgap again. Yeah, like they're still in the same boat, so why not? So if, if would you sign Kevin Glenn as your number one starter in Saskatchewan and keep Brandon Bridge? Yeah, I think that would be a good plan because that's, again, mentoring, right? Get Kevin Glenn to teach that kid something. You know, I mean, you got to believe Kevin Glenn's yeah, a pretty knowledgeable they, dude. <laughs> yeah, but they had that relationship in Saskatchewan, and it didn't work. Well, but that was a pretty that was that was like Bridge's first year kind of thing though too, right? You gotta hope he's matured a bit as well. I don't know. And I I think the emphasis is going to be more on the offense now that uh, Chris gone. Yeah. So that that might have uh, some significance to this. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I guess the twelfth can't come fast enough, eh? No kidding. No, shit, no, can it not? I mean, it's it's only that'll be a good second. day. Yeah, but I mean, the way guys have been signing, I don't know if there'll be any free agents left by the twelfth. Okay. Oh, there'll be Riley. Riley has said he's not signing until the CBA is done. I don't exactly. believe that for a heart. Riley, would you like me to rant on that one for a while? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can you know tell what? you right now, that's about, that's just bullshit. I hope so. Yeah, I don't want to wait that he's long. About, 
Yeah, but he's about the only one who can wait. Yeah. Because he's the number one guy out there, so he can't he can't wait. Well, hey, Taylor Lawson thinks he can wait. <laughs> and I'm even wondering, I'm even wondering if Mike Riley has already signed and nobody's just told anybody yet. So. What you mean with Edmonton? No, 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 no. I I saw him in Calgary last week. Did I mention that to you? He was in BC the week before, so what's the difference? <clears throat> he can't sign with anybody until after the twelfth, and you know it. Yeah, but he, but he looked he looked better with John Huffnagel than he did with uh, with uh, Ed Hervey. So it was the better I gotta fit. Know is, you know what I mean? Is him and Travis Lulay are fishing buddies? Okay, and that's more that's more important to him. Well, and and I, I I tend to wonder if you guys are excited about a guy who wants to play quarterback for you, but all he really wants to do is fish. Fish, I know. Well, isn't that what your general manager wants to do? Say that again. If he wins game, I'll take him fishing myself. Yeah, but yeah, okay. Will, isn't that what your general manager wants to do all the time? Doesn't he go fishing every, at, at free agency every year? He's fishing instead of picking free agents. Yeah, usually. Not yeah. this year, though. No, probably not. So, I don't know. Yeah. I just, you no, know, I, you, I'm, you, not, I'm not, uh, not going to drink the BC Kool-Aid this year. No? I've drank it no, for I, the last, I've drank it, I've drank it for the last two years. And they've done shit. Sorry. Okay, I'm not going to do it this year. I think you have to this year. Do you remember not not Perfect. last year or the year before? Last year or the year before when they had all those great receivers and we're figuring, oh, my God, this is in the bag. And, yeah, it didn't happen. <clears throat> not so, they didn't have a quarterback. That might be a positive because you've been picking them for the last two years and they haven't done very well. Maybe if you... Don't pick him this year. That's the magic touch. Kick him off the bandwagon? Charles, Charles, Charles. Get off our bandwagon. Charles, I could could say the same thing about you, man. I could say the same thing about you. Damn it. (laughs) Hey, I'm looking at Kevin Kevin Glenn's career stats. In 2018 with Edmonton, he played 18 games. (laughs) Games he started, zero. Zero. Completions, Zero. Attempts, zero. zero. Percentage, zero. Yards, never zero. Never on the field. Touchdowns, zero. There was, there was zero. A, That's the perfect season, isn't it? Zero. I was going to say, there was a chance last year at the end of the year for him to go in, but they put it in the third string guy instead. So, well, he, he refused. Well, Kevin's got the experience. He doesn't really need experience, okay? <laughs> no fumbles either. He should yeah. make the Hall of Fame just because of his uniqueness. <laughs> oh, he has to make the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He has to. Even if they just, well, even if it's just so that <clears throat> the plaque, they can put the plaque up there saying he's the only player that ever played for all the active teams. <laughs> yeah. 
I think he even played so, hey, in active teams, if, didn't he? If, if he goes into the Hall of Fame, who does he go in as? What team? You, do you have to go in as a team? We'll give him a, like a generic jersey with all the team logos on it, and yeah, Just give him a CFL jersey. Could be, yeah, CFL jersey. Make, make his jersey out of that cl- clown material that uh, in the suit liner that uh, Batman had there. <laughs> oh God! Don't don't go there. Okay, so coming down the list, we're gonna ignore Darian Durant, um, Drew Willie, Cody Fajardo, Dakota Prukop, and Brian Monzi. Is anybody interested in any of them? What? Um, no. No. Ding. No. Ding. No. Don't care. We could we could Take name we could name ten quarterbacks from the USA that we've never heard of and they could come in and fill the roles of those guys. So probably that's Correct. probably true. <laughs> The only other one on the list is Ray. Yeah, we don't yeah, know we'll what he's about yet. We'll get to him later. <laughs> well, we only got 29 minutes left, so we better get there quick. <laughs> yeah, right. Nah, we don't have to. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Montreal says that there will be a quarterback battle. Does this show a lack of confidence in Johnny football? Well, who's the battle with? And they just release Pipkin? No, they didn't release him. They have released him. I made the same mistake. I didn't read the article close. They didn't actually. The Alouettes actually released him previously and then brought him back. But he actually signed a new two-year contract with them. Okay. I missed. Yeah. I only read the headline. I didn't read the whole story, which is a. Good lesson for everyone out there. Never go by that because it's not always the same. He got, as I he found got out released today. In, he got released in training camp last year, didn't he? Yeah. And then they yes, brought him back. Did. Yes. Yes. I think it has to be a quarterback competition because it's not like any of the guys they have under contract took the team and made it their own. Pipkin came closest, and I guess Manziel got close at the end of the year. But nobody was a clear-cut number one. No. So, he should have competition. He hasn't earned it. He hasn't earned anything in this league. And I think even if you have earned it, you should still have competition. It's healthy. Yep. Okay, so let's just move on from him. Good idea. Brandon Banks re-signs with Hamilton. Was this a no-brainer, as Marshall Ferguson says? was a no-brainer, but they paid him way too fucking much money. I'm sorry. It, it, they paid him 200 grand a year. I'm not going to argue with that. Nope. It's obvious. It was, it's obvious. It was a hundred hundred and eighty four thousand one year and a hundred and ninety two the next, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Why would you do that? That just seems to be the way salaries are going. 
Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I think it's true. It was a no-brainer for Hamilton to sign him. That's all. If you look at that team, there are no stars. Their quarterback is not a headlining star. You know, they don't have star receivers. They don't have star running backs. They they got Brandon Bridge as a receiver. You know, there's there's a there are a whole lot of above-average players. Yeah, they need something to hang on to, and Brandon Bridge is it. Yeah. Yeah, there are a whole bunch of above-average players that when they come together and play good, they actually can win and and look good, and when they don't, they get whooped in the Eastern (laughs) Final or Semi or whatever. They didn't get whooped in the Semi. BC did. Yeah, Yeah, Bridge Bridge gets 182.5, 195.5. Uh, $80,000 signing bonus with an 82.5 base salary and 20000 in housing. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's too much money. But anyhow, moving on. J.C. Sherritt. There should be a T there, and I'll put it in. Leaving the Eskimos to join the Calgary's as a coach. I don't blame them. Edmonton has got their coaching staff in place. They were not able to hire another body. They were at their maximum. He wants to coach. He's got to go somewhere. <laughs> Calgary played him more times than anybody else. They know how good he was. You know what? And I, I think that's insanity. If he had a wanted to stay in that organization, they should have found him a job. And I don't care doing what. Mm-hmm. But the guy's been a lifelong Eskimo. And if you can't find a coaching job for him this year, maybe next year. But you got to hold on to a guy like that. Yeah, put him in, in, in the Department of Marketing or something. Yeah, make him an ambassador. Absolutely. But don't let him go to him around... You keep him around the team where where he has tons of experience and and he's respected, but you let him go to Calgary? My God. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with Calgary signing him. Huge issue with Edmonton letting him go. Yep. Yep. Did anybody happen to go on the Eskimo Ed- Empire Edmund- page? Yeah. Ooh, fans are not thrilled with Sunderland. Oh, can you blame them? Oh. Not only did he leave, but he goes to their number one rival. I'm not surprised the Edmonton fans are pissed. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you know, they let that happen. But on the other hand... Um, who was talking? David Sanchez on his podcast the other day was saying, "As you run out of the, as you run out of the Eskimos locker room, there's a sign above the door that says, Once an Eskimo, always an Eskimo.' No. And David Sanchez, and David Sanchez, that's true until somebody else pays you. Okay, so <laughs> precisely makes a lot of, makes a lot of sense. So, 
but yeah, that, I, I think management should have, like Sunderland, I mean, what is he thinking? I, I, I can't believe that they just let him go to Calgary. My God. I mean, and if you think about what being an Eskimo is all about, this guy epitomized being an Eskimo. I mean, he bled oh, green. Yeah. He bled green, so it's crazy. It's great for Calgary, though, because I'll tell you one thing. you got to believe he's going to be a hell of an inspirational coach, and their linebacking well, core is going to be all rookies this year because they lost all their starters except for McManus. So it's probably great for them because I think he's going to excel as a coach quickly, and they probably need help in the linebacking core because it's going to be all fresh faces. <laughs> so well, and, it's fun, and it's funny because they said he has always leaned towards being a coach. That's what he wants to do. And they say he was always like having another coach around. So, yeah, it'll help Calgary. Why wouldn't you have a position waiting for him in Edmonton? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a a big watch. Drew Tate is not going to be the quarterback coach there the minute that Travis Lule retires. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You could almost say the same thing for Nick Lewis, though, too. Yeah, he played his whole career in Montreal and Calgary, and he went to BC. Yeah. It's wherever there's a job. Well, not really. I mean, it it was one of those things that when he was was with um, Claybrook, and they're they're both very good buddies off the field, is Mm -hmm. that he said, when you get a head coaching job, I want to work for you. I don't care where it is. Yeah, Nick said that to him. So you know, because Clay, everybody knew Clay Brooks was going to get a head coaching job. It was just a matter of where. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, they would have, Calgary would have taken Nick Lewis if he came back. He was a guest coach twice <laughs> in in camp. So yeah. he just went with Clay Brook because they're buddies, right? And that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Yeah. But I mean, who the hell would Jer- Sherritt know on Calgary, right? Like, how did that even develop? How did that even? How did that conversation even start? Like, that's what forced that whole thing, right? Well, yeah, but he played at uh, Eastern Washington too, didn't he? I, I don't think know. college or something like that. Because apparently, Bo Levi has been telling them to come to Calgary for a long time, so. Well, that would make sense. There has to be a, yeah, there has to be a connection like that somewhere, right? That's I mean, they, that makes sense. There's, there's a huge different time frame, but apparently that's one of the stories I've heard. So, mm. but so be you, it. Know, you know what? Bottom bottom line is he was looking for a job, and I guess you know, I guess if you're not going to find one in Edmonton, the closest place that's not going to upheaval, there's not going to be an upheaval with your family, would be Calgary, three hours down the highway, right? Yeah. So. Well, and you and you get going to a place that you're pretty much guaranteed to be successful as long as you pay attention and do the work. You're not going to a yeah. garbage fire, you know? Big Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> I was being nice and not saying it, but, you know, there you go, yeah. Well, I, I don't really want to throw... Saskatchewan into that that category yet? No, no, I wouldn't either. No, no. no. Yeah, it could be. 
they just have a huge potential for it. That's yeah, all. That's huge. <laughs> huge potential. The, huge potential. The, the pile. The pile of garbage is there, and the light, the the match has kind of been lit, but it hasn't been tossed on yet. A lot of uh, petroleum products around too. It's close. Mm-hmm. There's okay, a moving. Ready to be lit. Moving on. Moving on. Plumbers begin talks with Mike O'Shea about extension. Does his job warrant a long-term deal? I don't have an answer for that. I don't want to touch. I don't want to touch that one. I would say, what do they mean by a long-term extension? Two years? Two or I'd three? Give them, I'd give them three, I'd probably. Give them two years. I'd give them two years. No, he would have been no, fired last is. year. I mean, they they went on that losing streak, and mm-hmm. and and the fans were calling for his head. The media was calling for his head. And and like he he should have been fired last year, and then he won a game. He won five more. Yeah, I don't He's know. Also, the longest tenured coach in the CFL right now. <laughs> well, and my theory on it is is you're in for a penny, you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. I mean, they they tagged their wagon to him anyway. Why not, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Why now, right? Like you, you know, he's he's done what you've asked him to do, except short of winning the cup, and you might as well see if he can do it. <laughs> you've you've hung yeah. on this long. I, I mean, I, I find it ridiculous when guys fire head coaches after a year, because a year is a not enough time to get the players they want, and so on and so forth, and put their systems into place. And now he's had what's it been, Mark? Five years now. Yeah, I think it's been five years, and he has progressively gotten better. So yeah, maybe you do give him another couple of years. Then again, and then on the, the I was going to say, and then either the thirtieth year of not winning a Grey Cup, you either win the Grey Cup or you fire him. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> there you go. Chris Jones was in Saskatchewan for three years, and he did a better job than Mike Cochet did in five. And he did it without a quarterback. Well, then, so did Mike O'Shea. You also got to look on the flip side. In those five years, one playoff win. That's the killer. That's that's the telling stat. And two games. The first year he had the team as a write-off. The first year he had the first two years, really. But especially the first year, you can take that one and throw it in the garbage. It I took agree. a long time to get out of Max Stench. The tire fire that's going on in Montreal is starting to get to the level that the Bombers were at. He inherited an utter mess. Oh, yeah. No question. Second, it is, but I was going to say, in his second year, he wasn't the guy who. I drew Willie the, the stupid money, was he? No, he, no, he wasn't. That was, that was the other guy. That was the you other know, idiot. We, we, we've said it about we've said it about other coaches that you you go to war with the guys that the GM brings you, and the yeah. GM <laughs> brought him Drew Willie. So um, you could almost toss out those years too. It, it's. I think he warrants the 
extension. I don't see a problem with it. I love the continuity for the first time in decades. And I think that's important. Okay, if you fired him, who would you put in there? I mean, it's ridiculous. Leave him. Well, at this point, you wouldn't. Well, Well, you'd have to put Lapalise. Think about it. That'd be Lapalise, yeah. And I'd rather have O'Shea than Lapalise. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I've never done that with Lapalise. I'm not convinced that I would go long-term. Well, yeah, It'll but what's long-term in the CFL? That's what is the thing. That, two yeah. years? I mean, at one point in time, Mark, weren't they paying five head coaches at the same time in Winnipeg? Well, it was three. Three. At least three. They were paying three. three head coaches. Yeah. yeah. So, so from a Bomber fan side of it and a business side of it, I'm really enjoying this continuity. Yeah, it's not. Oh, you won a, You won five games this year. You're our next head coach forever. Nope, next year you're done. And then we did that for what a decade. And hey, you got to keep these guys around so we can have the Canadian mafia. Oh, oh God. <laughs> that didn't stick very long. I haven't heard anything about that recently. So. Oh, we'll bring oh, it up all year long. Oh, no, they keep selling out T-shirts every time they bring them into the bomber store. They can't keep them in. It's a gold mine. Well, imagine imagine if they if they tape uh, or if they catch uh, Dave Dickinson next year swearing about <laughs> that fucking Dickinson coach, okay, <laughs> on the other sideline. That'll be funny. That would be hilarious. It would be. It would be hilarious. I'd buy that T-shirt. Me too. Okay. Moving on for Mike O'Shea. I don't think anybody wants to fire Mike, Mike O'Shea. Chris, you no, didn't I say don't anything, think so. but I, I think you're all in agreement there. Otherwise, you spoke up yeah. and said we're idiots. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> no, and I, I did speak to it because I said in for a dollar, in for a penny, in for a pound. Like, exactly. Okay. Hitched their wagon dish, O'Shea this long, so keep riding it out. <laughs> yeah. Ricky Ray is considering coming back and playing football this year. Stupid alert. I don't see that. Have they have they done serious brain scans to Ricky Ray's head? Yes. They have. I think he's still I think he's still concussed. He wasn't concussed. I know he wasn't concussed, but I mean, he jammed, he jammed, he jammed his, his neck. neck neck on the turf, and he was out yeah. for the year. Quit. I agree. No. I, I don't disagree. But you know what? If he's capable of playing football, I want to watch him. Okay, but I he love watching him play football. The, he jammed his neck on the turf. He's not capable of playing football anymore. Sorry. But do you take a flyer and bring him in? Yes, no. I do. Yes. No. If he's if yes. he's even eighty percent healthy, even only yes. seventy five, eighty percent healthy, you put him behind an O line like Calgary's or like Winnipeg's, where they don't get touched, and he starts lighting it up. It would be yes. fun to watch again, yes. if he's seventy five to eighty percent healthy. 
lower than that, you have to say no. Uh, yeah. Uh, if it's me, I'm moving on. Uh, he's been a great quarterback. Eh, at a certain point, it's time to just say, you know what, it's time to, time to move on and do something else, and I'm sorry. He's not going to stay healthy. He got away with it two years ago when he stayed healthy and they won the Grey Cup. He didn't last a single uh, a full game. This play, you got knocked out week one. It's time to move on. Ah, that was a fluke. Yeah, it was, but you know what? Other than that one season uh, two years ago when they won the Grey Cup, which was a complete and utter miracle that he survived uh, that season unscathed, he's been hurt multiple years before that. Uh, he hasn't played a full season other than that one season in I don't know how long. I mean, what is he now, 37? It's just uh, 38, something like that, or is he even older than that? I don't know, but... I, no, I just, Kevin, I don't Kevin Glenn it. is 39. 39, yeah. But he doesn't have the, in, the, the injury history like Ricky Ray does. If I'm, oh. if I'm the Argos, I, I just it's time to move forward. Actually, it, it, Ricky Ray is 39 this year. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, he's 39. He's had multiple injuries. Uh, he's got he's one Grey Cups, multiple Grey Cups. He's got nothing left to prove. Let's just, I think he, I would move on. Not arguing. I just like to see him play football. Hmm. Well, I, I enjoy watching him play. Prime, but he's well past his prime. You know, CJ, I would agree with you, and I would say, you know, if he thinks he can do it, I enjoy watching him play, let him go. But you know what I really don't want to see is I don't want to see him being carted off the field hurt worse than he was last time. You know, yeah, like agreed. I don't, agreed. you know, like when, when you put him, put him on a stretcher and immobilize him and put him in an ambulance and we don't know if he's broken his freaking neck and or is alive or dead. That, that's just not the way to leave the game. And that is a that's, very possible That's his thought right risk. now. That is his thought right now. That's not the way he wants to leave the game. He was carted off the field in an ambulance. He does not want to leave the game that way. And, and let's well, be honest, it hasn't, ha- it hasn't happened for a long time, but people die playing this game too. Like, I, I, I just, I don't want, that's not what I want to see. I, I, he's an amazing, he's, he's a legend in the sport, and he deserves to go like AC did, not like it happened last year. And maybe that's why he wants to go out and play against because he doesn't want to be remembered like that. But my goodness, what a risk. What a risk. Yeah, I know. To me, it's not worth it. Of course it's not worth it. Of course it's not worth it. But I would like to see him play, and I know he wants to play. Well, and that's probably okay. a lot of uh, Maybe he wants to play because he doesn't, he doesn't want to be remembered like what happened, right? Maybe that is part of it. Yeah, uh, I, I would be remembered that way. Yeah. Hmm. No, it's not. It's not, like it's not happening. happening again. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. That's I, why you I, should I, have retired I, after winning the Grey Cup. Yes, yes, yes. He should have won the Grey Cup and retired. Yeah. And I said that that day, and I said it all that off season, and then he comes out and gets hurt in the first game. 
Yeah. Do it. Well, you do retire when you're on top. Henry yeah. Burris. Like Henry Burris did. Because that's Henry the, Burris that's the way you want to go out. Yeah, Henry Burris could have come back and played after Ottawa won the Grey Cup that year. He knew better. He knew, you know what? I'm a champion. Let's go out on top. Yeah, you don't. Get and Ricky Ray should have done him. the same thing. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Mm-hmm. He didn't. I think that number one reason he wants to come back. He does not want to be remembered. The last play of his game, he got carted off the field in an ambulance. Yeah. I I wouldn't want to end my career that way. It's it it it's. I would rather be pulled off the field in an ambulance than to be carted off the field in a in a, in a hearse. Mm-hmm. But I still yeah. would want to go back. I would take the risk. Do you figure he signs anywhere but Toronto? If Toronto doesn't want him, do you figure he retires, or does he actually go and chase somewhere? Toronto's idiots if they don't want him. Wow. The only place I think he would chase might be Edmonton. Maybe Edmonton, where he started. I they don't have no line. He's yeah, go that's true. Hmm. Mark, Mark nailed it. If he goes up on the open market right now, is Winnipeg going to take a risk on him? No. No. No, they're not. No, no. I way. don't see anybody really taking a risk on him, like a Calgary or something like that. It would, I think, have to be an Eastern team or Edmonton. Well, remember, it all depends you, on the first couple yeah, of quarterbacks that get signed. If you, if you pay him money and he gets hurt, you're stuck for the rest of the season. Sorry. Yep. Oh, I know. Toronto, yep. Right? That's my concern. But it doesn't go against the cap. Yeah. That's about the only plus. But then you're still stuck trying to find a quarterback to pay that money to because everybody's playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. You're, you're, you're no different with Travis Lully or Zach Galero. Yeah. Which brings us back to why you think Jonathan, that's why you think Jonathan Jennings should be like the top of the list, and I agree, because he's healthy, <laughs> and he's a proven commodity. He's, he's low risk. Exactly. So, but if you, if you take it that far, then the number one pick should be uh, Kevin Glenn, because <laughs> he's got a record and doesn't get hurt. Yeah, so. but that luck, that luck's going to wear off at some point, and he's going to go out there and break a hip at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was bad. That hurt. I can't laugh. I'll cough. Don't do that to me. Okay, we got five mm-hmm. minutes left. We got one thing left here. We got two things left, and we're just going to do it really quickly. Uh, Commissioner Randy Ambrosi says that the Halifax team hinges on a stadium. Is this the most stupid statement ever? Oh, oh sorry. That's not. Is that the most obvious statement ever? Let's all answer that with a simple one-word answer. Duh. Yeah. Go ahead. 
Yeah. Duh. Yeah. 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 Duh. Yeah. Duh. No shit. Big shit. Okay. He was a football so, um, player. What do you expect? Yeah, I know. He was a lineman. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, the next thing, we're just not even going to talk about this because it's just absolutely stupid. I, I do want to make one one observation on that just real quickly is that this is the first time we've actually seen Randy Ambrosi kind of Back put pedal? the Halifax thing kind of not as like a done deal. Everything he's been saying up until this point is, oh, yeah, Halifax is Halifax. It was almost like it was going to happen. The stadium was a speed bump. Now he's kind of dialing it back somewhat, which is the first time, which I thought was interesting. You're correct. I'll, I'll give you that. So while we're here and four minutes left the show, what do you guys think quickly of Randy Ambrosi signing a new deal with the German Football League? What the fuck is he doing? Anybody? I've been waiting for that side. I've been waiting for that signing for ten years. <laughs> He's so insightful. Yeah. Okay. Who, who here would go? Who here would go to Germany to watch the Great Cup? <laughs> well, obviously they're gonna put they're gonna they're gonna put a team in Berlin. So yeah. But that's not. It's no different than what they did in Mexico. They're gonna hold a, a combine over there. They're gonna have a German yeah. draft, and we're gonna have German players on our team. Yeah. Which again is all about that. Just trying to reach new markets. So can you really yeah. complain yeah. about it? I mean, no, it I is what it I is, right? I don't think it's a bad thing. I, mean, I just want to know why all so, of a sudden yeah, but, he's doing this. Don't you take baby steps, or do you just go and sign everybody in the world? Well, I bet it, you one of, ha- things, one of the biggest things on Saturday night is Punjabi hockey live in Canada. Okay, have you That's ever looked correct. at it? It's awesome. That's true. That's it's a good awesome. point. Yep. TV or streaming deals or TV or streaming deals? No. I have no response. I have no problems. I'm trying to expand the uh, expand the footprint of the league. I think it's a good idea. Uh, 100% agree. I just think they're making too big a deal out of all of these different ways. I think there's better ways of doing it. Before you know it, Randy Ambrosi is going to have a CFL draft in the USA. There's nothing. <laughs> Who would think that? Okay, i got to wrap up the show, guys. Uh, this has been Let's Talk, CFL, this Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 307. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, trying to talk through it. I, I kind of succeeded. I kind of didn't. Thank you, for Charles, for picking up the slack. Uh, Going to go around the board and say goodnight. Uh, start with Chris. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening, and uh, sorry we were late this week. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do Thursday nights from now on, people, just because it's better for Chris, and uh, everybody else is going to try to tag along with that one. Charles, say goodnight. Yep. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you with more fun next week. Thursday. Mark. <laughs> Good night, everybody. 11 days till free agency. Will, it's your turn. And don't hang up right away. Quick. But the story is floating around, and if it goes public, he'll have to finish his career in Saskatchewan. Have you ever been to Saskatchewan? No, I haven't. Fucking blows sense.